0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: It is a late show. Henry has a little time on Steve Thompson in tonight. And Jonathan Lowe alongside Chris Tubbs taking some time off as well this holiday week. Thanks so much for joining us here at News Talk 830 WCCO. Uh, This has been one of the big stories of the day after Christmas. That kid that ended up on the wrong spirit airlines flight. Now, statistically, this rarely happens. If you think of the millions of people that fly, go through security, get on planes, Travel to their destination. Get there safely. Sure there are delays. Sure there are lost bags. But our system is incredibly safe. And and you've heard, you know, flying is safer than driving, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But this one, six year old kid. Number one, let me start up front. I have two kids, they're grown women now. There is no way, there is no way I'm taking them to the airport when they're six years old and putting them on a plane. Uh-uh, not happening. So I, I need to understand that up front, where you feel comfortable sending a six-year-old alone on a plane to another destination. Now, now I get it. The airlines are supposed to take care of the kid and there's security and so on and so forth. But there, there's no way as a parent I'm doing that or a grandparent. So here's the story, if you haven't heard it. A six-year-old boy left on a flight for the Christmas holiday to visit his grandmother in southwest Florida. Instead, he was put on the wrong plane and ended up in Orlando. So when the grandmother showed up on Thursday at the Fort Myers Airport, Southwest Florida International Airport. If you've been to Twin Spring Training, you've been through there. Um, and her grandson was flying for the first time from Philly, from Philadelphia. as uh, She was told he wasn't on the flight um so grandma's frantic he was handed over to you in philadelphia and she said now i had no kids with me well anyway she got a call from this kid now this is a six-year-old and i know they're handy with computers and phones and all of that and the kid said "Nah, I, i'm in orlando and i i've made that drive from orlando down to fort myers ironically uh, visiting my in-laws up in the Orlando area, Winter Haven to be exact, and and we made the road trip down to Fort Myers. I mean, it's a haul. you you're, you're going through. You're going through the bad country of Florida. Um, Spirit Airlines said the boy was under the care and supervision of airline employees the entire time, even though he was incorrectly boarded on a flight to Orlando. Once a mistake was discovered, the airline let the family know. But, Jonathan, I'm going to start there with, are you going to an airport anywhere with a six-year-old and saying, okay, here you go. Uh, Grandma's going to meet you on the other end. I, I remember vaguely when I was six, I would have been terrified.
1: Yeah, all signs point to no on this yeah. one. Um, I, that... I, I think I was on a plane once when I was really young. Our family went out to Denver when I was, I think, three. Yeah. And I might have been on a plane then.
2: But, but you weren't th- alone.
1: No, the first time I remember being on a plane was when I was 13. And, but you were, you were still with mom and dad though. Well, we were going to, so it was, it was me and my older brother who at the time, oh, okay. if I was, if I was 13, I might've been 12 or 13. If I was 12, he was probably 16.
2: Yes. Yeah, so I'm cool with that. So you, you, you two were flying somewhere. I mean, we were well, flying I'm, to go
1: see our mom. Cause our mom was in Chicago on, on business. You. And so we were going to, we flew up from Kansas city to spend the weekend with her.
2: Yeah. But and, but it was, and I, it was and me I'm and my good brother. With that. So so you're pretty much teenagers. Yes. You, you, now, now your brother probably either had his, his driving permit or his driver's license, right? I, uh,
1: bro- I no. That's 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 the thing about my brother and myself. We both, especially with the driving stuff, we we were both late bloomers. Oh, that's so, fine. So we were probably dropped off um, either by our dad or by our grandmother.
2: But, but my point being is, you, you, you had a teenager. And and a near th- th- teenager, th- yeah. This kid was six. Now, may- maybe I'm an old fuddy-duddy, but I, I, I want to get a little feedback on that part of the equation. Because I, I don't want to rip Spirit Airlines. I, I've never flown Spirit Airlines you know, some sometimes comedians or late-night talk show or late-night TV talk shows will take shots at Spirit. Never flown it, so I have no first-hand experience. Uh, it is a budget airline, so on and so forth. They took care of the kid. He's okay. Uh, they they had him safe in Sonor, Orlando, just up the road from Fort Myers. Um, all is well that ends well. But I still get back to the decision of, I'm putting a six-year-old on an airplane by himself to go visit grandma down in Fort Myers. That's not happening. That's not happening. Now, an older sibling, yes. Um, A a family friend, maybe. Um, But there there aren't a lot of circumstances where I'm sending my six-year-old, certainly unaccompanied, but I would really think about who my six-year-old is going with on a plane. Now, now maybe I'm way off base, but uh, you're welcome to get a hold of us here on the talk and text line at 651-461-9226. That's the part of the story that really bums me out. I, believe, I, I couldn't do it. I believe I in the business
1: uh, this would be called the reverse home alone. Yeah. The reverse home alone
2: and 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 that was on that was on Christmas Eve and there was kind of a the, there were some that snuck off into another room and home alone was running head to head with it's a wonderful life and and for me home alone's fine um it is it, it's really far fetched but you know it it is it is one of the favorite Christmas movies of all time. And then, of course, Jimmy Stewart, Donna Reed, Frank Capra, uh, It's a Wonderful Life was running as well. So there was kind of a tug of war over the road. No, we should watch It's a Wonderful Life. No, we're going to watch Home Alone. But in this case, I still want to hear from you. Is there any way, shape, or form you put a six-year-old on a plane alone to go from Philly to Fort Myers. I don't care if it's from Philly to Pittsburgh. It isn't happening. I'm not I and what's the age? You know, my my daughters were both were good kids. But they'd need to be in their teens. They they would need to be in their teens before I'm letting them travel alone via air. I, you know, it, it's just uh. That that when I first saw that story, I, I really wasn't particularly mad at Spirit Airlines because things can happen. I get it. Airports are busy, it's the holidays, the hustle, the bustle. I I completely uh blame parents, guardians, whomever is in charge of this child on the Philly end of things. Where it's like, nope I I I don't understand that part. And our number again, 651-461-9226. 651-461-9226. But this story, as much as anything, is, is getting a lot of play, Jonathan. This, this, this is one that, that's really kind of moved the meter. It, it's crazy uh, how much play this one is getting.
1: I think it it just goes to show, okay, it's another conversation. How young is too young to, yep, to, exactly. to put your kid on a plane alone? Not again, not with any other adult or any other uh, older older child that might have more wherewithal, um, yeah, or may right. have been, or may have been on planes in the past. Especially, like you said, this was the, the child's first flight, and, and that's, here's the that's a heck of an experience.
2: I I traveled with my daughter to college in Arizona and back more times than I want to count. And on those flights between the cities and Phoenix or the cities in Tucson, on occasion, a flight attendant would come on with a younger traveler and they would be unattended. I don't ever remember seeing a six-year-old unattended on one of those flights. All right, let's, let's go to the phones I think we got Dave and Andover. Dave, you're on News Talk, E3O, WCCO.
3: Yeah, I, I really enjoy uh, your program and, you know, all of WCCO's talk stuff. I listen uh, just about oh, every evening. That's I'm nice. a big radio guy. I've been uh, really interested in listening to the radio ever since I was a kid. I'm a 75-year-old guy, so I've been uh, through a lot of things in my life. And well
2: yeah, thanks for tuning in.
3: Um when I've got a daughter and uh she's fifty years old now and got two daughters of her own, and she and her husband, and they're they're teenagers. But when yeah. uh my daughter's mother and I weren't together when, you know, she was growing up. And um, her mother uh, moved to Texas when my daughter was three. Wow, that's tough. now in the Dallas area, and so my daughter, starting when she was four, you know, with you know, live with her mother um, during the school year, and. Uh, during the summer, she would come up here, and I'd save my vacation from work, and I'd spend that time with her. And then she'd spend some time at my mother's house, and um, my daughter's mother's parents um, were you know from here, and they had a lake place that they, you know up in northern Minnesota that they would sure. uh, yeah, be at during the summer. So, um, my daughter's mother would put my daughter, you know, our daughter, on a plane in Dallas starting when she was four.
2: Wow.
3: And fly her, you know, I mean, you know, she'd fly her up here. Well, I mean, you know, obviously my, you know, her mother would accompany her.
2: just solo four-year-old.
3: Yep. But let me tell you this, my daughter has always been... Very, very mature. I mean, she's very, very bright. And uh, she's always been mature, very mature for her age. So she trusted her mother. Her mother, you know, would bring her to the airport in Dallas, put her on a plane, and I'd be at the airport up here waiting for her, you know, to get off.
2: And it worked out fine every time. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yep. Wow. Well, I mean, she's on a plane, you know, and, you know, the, the airline employees, you know, obviously would, you know, keep an eye on her and, you know, there, there was no problem whatsoever. And then at the end of the summer, um, I'd bring her out to the airport, you know, put her on so a plane know? and her mother would be waiting for her in Dallas.
2: All right, Dave. Well, well, thanks for the story and ha- happy New Year. Yeah, I mean,
3: it, it was no, it was no problem. I yeah. mean, there, okay. there's no way she can get lost because she's <laughs> you're in yeah, the air. Yeah, right.
2: that, that's right. That's you know, right. Once they close know, the door, that's pretty much. Like, yeah, yeah. You're,
3: you're locked in the plane, and yeah, you know, and, uh, right. you know, the the staff, you know, is keeping an eye on you, and you know, uh, you know, her mother or I would be at the other end, waiting. Right. You know. Her and she'd get off the plane, and we well, he went merrily ever after.
2: All right, Dave. Well, thank you once again. Happy. Yeah. Nope, yeah no. Yeah. No problem. Yep, and yep, by bye. the way, you can join us on the CCO talk and text line six five one four six one nine two two six. For for me, I could I I couldn't do it, and I understand. Dave Dave explained the circumstances. You know, the uh, mom daughter were down there and. Dallas and he was up here and that that's what they had to do. I couldn't you know, I suppose you have to do what you have to do. Man six Um Here's one from our text line Don't believe it it was set up for a payday <laughs> I don't know how you pull that off uh for for the payday from Spirit. Um, we'll, we'll come back with more. By the way, our number is 651-461-9226. Uh, how young is too young for solo travel? I couldn't do it. It is 721 here at News Talk. eight three L W wcco Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
3: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy.
2: And that story that really went viral—that six-year-old put on a plane in Philly, ended up in Orlando. Should have been Fort Myers, um, Spirit Airlines. In in the middle of it, kid, okay. Uh, number one, we need to point that out. But but it does bring up for me, as a parent, my daughters are grown. You know, at what age where I would have felt comfortable? Probably tween years. If I put them on a plane, but th- there's something on the text line that's really a good point. We appreciate David Andover calling in, but the the texter said that was a completely different time in air travel. You you could go to the gate, you could go through security and go to the gate. I remember when I was younger and my dad would fly on occasion. I didn't fly until I was an adult. I had never been in an airplane until I was an adult, but my dad had to travel uh, on one circumstance, and I remember mom taking my brother and me, my youngest brother wasn't born then, out to MSP, and it was really cool as a kid to go out to the airport, but we went right to the gate, you know, and hung out with dad until he boarded, and watched the plane take off, and then we were free to go, so we know that's changed, and the circumstances on where and when, and where parents can go, and maybe I don't know the whole protocol, but air travel has changed, and and I think um, airlines, just like most other businesses, are having a hard time finding help. They're they're overworked, etc. I I just couldn't do it. I I couldn't put my six year old and. If one of my children had children and they were thinking about putting my grandchild on a flight, I would say, uh, I'm going to drop everything. I'll fly them to wherever they need to go. I'll go with to make sure um, everything is okay. Um, here's another one from our CCO talk and text line. By the way, the number is 651 no way do I drop off a six year old at the airport, even if they're doogie Hauser <laughs> and what person at the airline is like, "Yeah, we'll take responsibility for a six year old uh ridiculous on two fronts. I circle back around when Dave was sending his daughter back and forth uh between here and Texas that it was a different time i i i I do I agree with that. Different time in air travel, just different times. Uh, here's another one. When my daughter was six years old, even when she went to the bathroom, I was waiting outside of the bathroom. I, I guess I, I I don't look back at, at being a helicopter parent, but I, I think especially traveling, especially in unfamiliar surroundings, I I I was extra protective. I I don't think there's any doubt about it. They're grown women now. Um, they they've done a lot in the world on their own, but not at six. <laughs> Just I get back to, I, I'm not bringing my kid to the airport and saying good luck at six years old. And I think of myself. And I brought this up earlier. When I was six. I probably would have started crying if my mom and dad would have brought me out to MSP when I was six years old. What would that have been, 1970? Yeah, we're putting you on TWA, and you're going to be visiting. Uh, you're going to be visiting Grandma down in Texas. What? Um, I was a timid child. It is 7:29 here at News Talk 830 WCCO. Wow, well, the Vikings are hurting, and maybe you heard the news at three. but uh, major injuries for the Minnesota Vikings coming out of that game, and you feel terrible. Uh, T.J. Hawkinson, D.J. Wanham are out for the remainder of the year. Now, granted, there's just two games left, but devi- devastating injury to Hawkinson. Uh, he tore the ACL and the MCL in the third quarter of that game. And Wanham was banged up as well. And DJ Wanham's been a big part of that Brian Flores red defa- or led defense. And just just really a a big big blow to the Minnesota Vikings. They're they're 7-8. and eight. Uh, They're banged up. We know Kirk Cousins went down a while ago with the Achilles injury. He's obviously out for the year. And they get Green Bay and then they play at Detroit uh, to close it out. We're not going to wade into the playoff scenarios, etc. But the Minnesota Vikings are in a tough spot. And we're not just talking about the postseason. But there's some big picture things that need to be considered with this football club. And ever since Kirk cousins went down with the Achilles injury and let's face it, Justin Jefferson, uh, one of the best receivers in the NFL, obviously Viking fans are going to say he's the best receiver in the NFL. Uh, but you know, is he number one? Is he number two? Is he number three? Um, a lot of people say he is the best. That, that J.J. right now is the top receiver in football. But he was banged up for a chunk of the season and has come back and almost single-handedly let a comeback and a win over Detroit and came up just short. But the Vikings have, number one, what do you do to get Justin Jefferson signed long-term, sign a big extension. But I think that hinges if you're JJ and you're as people, as agent, uh family members, etc., what is the quarterback situation here? Because as great as a wide receiver is, the great Jerry Rice, considered by many and should be considered, the greatest receiver in the history of the NFL had Joe Montana and Steve Young throwing to him. Not to take one thing away from the great Jerry Rice, but he also had quarterbacks that could get him the ball. And I think for Justin Jefferson, and this is just a hunch, I don't I don't have any proof, I think he didn't want to come back until he was 100% ready because it is such a big contract spot in his career particularly in the nfl a lot of players only get one maybe two opportunities to really get paid the shelf life is so short career-ending injuries are just around the corner it could happen on any given play look what happened to wanham look what happened to hawkinson now they'll both come back but my point being is J.J.'s in a spot where he can really get paid. And the question is, does he sign long-term here, not knowing what the quarterback situation is? And my answer is 100% no. There's no way he's going to sign a long-term deal here because he's going to get paid either way. He's going to get his money either way. Then, once the money's taken care of, it becomes all about legacy. And can you put yourself in a position to not only get paid, but be considered one of the all-time greats? And we've had some great ones here. Ahmad Rashad, Chris Carter, Randy Moss. I mean, some of the greatest receivers. You, you, you could put some of these guys easily, in the, t- especially Carter and Moss, Top 10, maybe top 5 all time. So my point being is, J.J.'s going to get paid no matter where it is. Question is, who's the quarterback? What we've seen so far, and what I've said over and over and over again, in any given year, there's only 12 or 15 human beings on the planet that can play above average to great quarterback in the NFL. That's it, 12 to 15 in any given year. And that might be a high number. It may be more like 10 to 12. So what we saw out of uh, Dobbs and so on and so forth has not been good. So the question becomes for the Vikings, we really want to keep J.J. The fans love him. He has the potential to be one of the all-time greats in the history of the NFL. He's not there yet. He, He hasn't proven it over the long haul like the likes of a Jerry Rice or a Chris Carter or a Randy Moss, or for that matter, Ahmad Rashad. So then what do the Vikings do with Kirk Cousins? He's getting older. He's getting longer in the tooth. He's been very healthy to this point, but coming off an Achilles injury, how much will Kirk Cousins command on the free agent market? And then, if you bring back Kirk Cousins, and that's enough to appease Justin Jefferson, then you have those two signed at a dollar amount that makes it difficult to build a team around them. So that's why it gets back to the point that your Minnesota Vikings are in a tough spot. You don't have to look too far down the freeway, down I-35, to see the defending world champ, Kansas City Chiefs, in a tough spot right now. you got Patrick Mahomes, a wonderful quarterback. you got Travis Kelsey, uh, the best tight end in football. And they're struggling right now. It just goes to show, in a hard-cap league like the NFL to be able to sustain that. And look at what they're paying, Kelsey, and look at what they're paying Mahomes and the challenges of putting a team and other weapons around them to be able to sustain greatness year in and year out. Really interesting to see how all of this is going to play out. Jonathan, I I thought I'd bring up your Kansas City Chiefs because it is a struggle. And the reality is that they – they just don't have the money to keep everybody they want around Mahomes and around Kelsey.
1: Well, I was looking at this earlier today. I was watching a couple of videos that ESPN did from their talking head shows this morning regarding sure. the struggles of Kansas City. And, again, yesterday it came down to basically a 10-minute a, a stretch of real time but seven seconds where two plays turned that game around and Kansas City lost to, to, the, to Vegas, otherwise they'd probably would have won and they'd won the division, and everything would be fine right now. But going back to your larger point about contracts, that's why they didn't sign Tyreek Hill, and they traded him to Miami because they, they knew that they already had Mahomes under contract. They, they couldn't pay Hill and Kelsey, they're still trying to pay Chris Jones on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. They had to go into the draft, and they had to bring in veterans on lower, lower salaries. And I think this is going to be an interesting situation with Cincinnati because they pay Burrow already, and they, st- they have three, two top-flight receivers plus a top-flight running back plus another couple of really good receivers that they'll have to pay. Uh, my and I brought up Miami. Miami's going to be the same way. At, where at, at,
2: at all of these clubs are, and that's why I get circle it back to the Vikings. And they're, they're in. They 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 know what they've got right now. That they they don't feel like they have any quarterbacks right now that can help them. And that, that's true with most teams. You know, that, that that your backup, there's a reason they're a backup in the NFL. You know, there, there, there's a reason Dobbs has bounced around and and so on and so forth. And, and that's where it gets tricky. And how much will Kirk Cousins be able to command on the open market from another club that says, how much would the 49ers like to have Kirk Cousins next year, for instance?
1: Now, I got into this. Argue, argument with my father um, yesterday regarding Brock Purdy. Yeah, I think they are just fine with Brock Purdy. I think he is an upgrade over quarterback, and this is starting quarterback, probably about eight or nine of the teams in the league at the very least. I I don't think Kirk Cousins is going to be an upgrade over, per, over Brock Purdy. Not the way he's been playing, save last night.
2: But but, when you yeah, in the four picks but but when you come back to the Vikings situation, even if they do say we we really don't have any other options and and a lot of it hinges on Justin Jefferson, if they're serious about keeping him, they need to have a quarterback option next year, period, why would he stay here? Well, I'm going to groom the new guy, whoever that is, ain't going to happen i why- think... why, would, why would he? Why would he do that? Because he's going to get paid anyway. He, I think he's this going is to get the paid year. Anyway.
1: I think I honestly think this is the year. You, I know it hasn't worked well in the past, but I think that the the Vikings really need to look at drafting a quarterback in the first round. I think there are enough quality guys in those top five six selections. They they're not going to get Caleb Williams. They're probably not going to get Drake May. But Michael Penix is out there. Bo Nix is out there. There are a couple other guys that are out there that are going to declare for the draft. Jordan Travis, once he gets his leg back, is going to be out there. There's options. I think this would be a good year to go into the draft and get your new quarterback for the next five to ten years. I really do. You know,
2: with, with the idea there is no guarantee. And then I'm going to throw one other wrinkle into this. Because it kind of goes back to the Manning Leaf draft for 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 those hardcore football fans. That this is going way back. Manning and Leaf, remember that draft? You know there 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 were a lot of people that you know thought you know they were both going to be great. Well, we know how that turned out.
1: And and again, it it's always going to be a crapshoot
2: it is for, for, I mean, for sure you look but, at... but are the wilfs re- are the Wolfs ready to do that where the easy button is we're going to bring back kirk he's he's a good guy he's a good quarterback um he's above average nfl quarterback i've never been a kirk cousins hater i'm just saying i don't think he's elite i his, his career record You know, all the numbers, the wins, the losses, the playoff wins, the Super Bowl appearances, the Super Bowl rings, he he is what he is. He is a good NFL quarterback. And that's where I think, is that enough? If they re-up Kirk Cousins, will they be able to get Justin Jefferson signed? Because I I don't know if you're going to be able to get Justin Jefferson to sign on the dotted line with Hey, Justin, we're going to go out and we're going to get the best quarterback available in the draft next year. Oh, boy.
1: I actually think think this is an easier decision for the Vikings and going the draft route than it is, say, for Chicago. Where you've got Justin Fields, who has shown glimpses of his upside, but do you need a new coaching staff to get that out of him? And he's coming up on his extension. Fairly soon. And so do they trade Fields and go to the draft where they're possibly going to have the number one overall pick or do they keep Fields, use the pick on something else, trade the pick to somebody else to get more bounty for some more some more parts and pieces?
2: Or do the Vikings dare trade J.J. and, and try and trade up and get the number one overall pick? So you can get one of those top, guys. you know what, or a top three. That I mean, would seriously. that would
1: that would be a trade that would get you the number one pick. You're telling me you're, I'm going to get Justin Jefferson and pair him in Chicago with DJ well, Moore on the other side, and yeah, a, I'll take a, the number one pick.
2: Especially a club like Carolina that already has their quarterback of the future, so they think.
1: Or well, remember, remember, Carolina doesn't have that pick. That pick is with Chicago.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah that good point.
1: Because because they, they got it in the DJ
2: Moore trade. I don't know how you, you trade Jefferson in the division. I I, I But it, it once again gets back to it. And this is just my prediction. And we'll put a bow on it. I think they're going to bring Cousins back. And I think they're going to hope that's enough to lock in Justin Jefferson and give him a monster deal. But here's the thing, Viking fans, is that puts you in a spot where you're going to have a hard time building a team around him. Because remember... DJ Hawkinson uh he already got paid. He already got paid. And you got Jordan Addison who who's nicked up now. But uh he's going to need to get paid at he, some point. He he's
1: had an impressive rookie season.
2: Oh, no doubt. No no doubt. I I so, think
1: and I think because of that this is the time this this enhances that that this is the time where you can you can get a solid quarter. I I'm, I'm telling you this. Right now, the way I see it, all of these first-round possibilities for, for quarterback, they're better than Christian Ponder was when he came out. They're <laughs> better. Christian. I, I like they're that. better.
2: Yeah. Um, there's a North Dakota uh, Republican state rep who's being called to resign after an ugly DUI stop. We'll, we'll have that story uh, in a moment. Here on News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C-O. A quick scoreboard update out of the NBA. Detroit, they've dropped 26 in a row. Too shy of the all-time NBA record. Hosted or owned by the Philadelphia 76ers. They dropped 28 in a row over two seasons. It is the Nets leading the Pistons 86-80. Under a minute to go in the third in Detroit, and we'll likely get a final before we leave the air tonight, so uh, we'll keep an eye on that. Here's a story you may have heard of. Uh, Republican leaders have called on a North Dakota lawmaker to resign after he lashed out of police with homophobic and anti-migrant remarks during a traffic stop earlier this month which he was arrested for drunken driving. Republican House Majority Leader Michael Forer said today he called on Republican State Representative Nico Rios of Williston to resign over the weekend. His statement cited a police officer's report of Rios being, quote, verbally abusive, homophobic, racially abusive, and discriminatory toward him for the entire duration of the incident following a roadside test. For also said Rios attempted to use his position as a lawmaker to intimidate police and avoid arrest. Yeah, I, that that doesn't bode well. And, and I, I know a lot of people bring up, you know, the due process and so on and so forth. But I, I, I think this behavior and this type of behavior in this circumstance... It's hard to make an excuse. You're a public servant. You should be acting with some shred of decency. And when the Republican House Majority Leader is saying, you need to leave, um, it, it, it's probably time to uh, turn in your resignation and uh, go back home and take a long look in the mirror. That, that is, That is embarrassing and and you see that on occasion where someone of prominence it doesn't necessarily have to be an elected official it could be another public figure the, the whole the whole don't you know who i am thing that that is that's that's a bad trait that's i, I I don't think there's ever a circumstance where you should play that card. Jonathan Lowe, the do you know who I am is not good.
1: There is per- there is one incident that it doesn't always come to mind, but it comes to mind every now and again when yeah. I hear that phrase. And that's the uh the the you remember this from a few years back, Steve. It it had to do with a specific bowler, Pete Weber, who uh, won a tournament, and on the winning roll, he he gets the I think he gets the strike, and he he gets the pins he needs to win. Yeah, and then he turns to the camera and he says, "Who do you think you are? I am." (laughs) And I think of that every time. I love. That clip, it is so great. Uh, but that's what I think of when I think of who don't-you-know-who-I-am do you, don't you know who I am thing. I love it.
2: Yeah, and I, I just think that's a card that should never be played, especially when you're in hot water with law enforcement. But but I even think trying to get a table at a restaurant. Don't you know who I am? Give me a break. Ugh. Uh, good good riddance uh 34 degrees now here in the cities cloudy overnight uh we'll, we'll bottom out around 30 uh, slight chance of snow maybe a rain snow mix tomorrow but 36 sun returns later in the week we'll have more on the weather following the news at 8 here on news talk 830 wcco
0: this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news